Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett, and today I want to share a word about the master of the dawning as I comment on Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. This passage reads, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered under the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women that were with them, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was to come to pass." You know, somebody said that there's only two kinds of people in the world. There are those who wake up in the morning and say, Good morning, Lord. And then there are the rest of us who wake up in the morning and say, Good Lord, it's morning. For those of us who aren't a morning person, here's a good story. The bear family is just waking up. Baby bear goes down and sits in his small chair at the table. He looks into his small bowl. It's empty. Who's been eating my porridge, he squeaks. Daddy Bear arrives at the table and sits at his big chair. He looks into his big bowl. It's also empty. Who's been eating my porridge, he roars, as big bears often do. Mama Bear puts her head through the serving hash from the kitchen and yells, For Pete's sake, how many times do we have to go through this? It was Mama Bear who got a burst. It was Mama Bear who woke up everybody else in the house. It was Mama Bear who unloaded the dishwasher from last night and put everything away. It was Mama Bear who went out into the cold early morning air to fetch the newspaper and the wood for the fire. It was Mama Bear who set the table. It was Mama Bear who put the cat out, cleaned the litter box, and filled the cat's water and food dish. And now that you've decided to come down and grace me with your presence. Listen good, because I'm only going to say this one more time. She yells, I haven't made the porridge yet. Early on the first Lord's Day, there were some women who got up to do a very important task. They learned in doing this task that Jesus is the master of the dawning. We begin by looking at a disagreeable task, and women often get saddled with these disagreeable tasks. Cleaning the house, 
washing dishes and clothes, taking care of the needs of children. I mean, when there's an accident, who gets called? Is it daddy? Is it big brother? No, it's mama or maybe big sister. When someone's got a cut or when someone's been sick, who gets called? Mama or big sister. And these women came to do a very necessary but very disagreeable task. You see, uh, on the day that Jesus was, was uh, crucified, on that Friday afternoon, Good Friday, he was put in the ground at the beginning of the Sabbath. And so at the beginning of the Sabbath day, there was no time and no ability for them to anoint the dead body of Jesus. They didn't have time because they couldn't do work on the Sabbath day. And besides, if they had wanted to do that, it's very possible they could have been considered ritually unclean for the Sabbath. And that was something they didn't want to do either. And so now that the Sabbath was over, they had the chance. On uh, that day, they had uh, they had had the opportunity to collect the spices and get everything ready. And they rose early on the first day of the week, on Sunday, what we know as Sunday now, and they rose early to do this. And they probably did it to go early, not only to get it out of the way, but to avoid trouble. Because not only was this a disagreeable task, it could have been a dangerous task. Now, this very fact shows us something today. Uh, they believed that Jesus was really dead. I mean, there are some people who have some conspiracy theories that say that Jesus only swooned and he uh, didn't die, or there was some sort of conspiracy that uh, it, he appeared to die. Uh, look, they came to anoint a dead body. You don't bring the spices necessary. You don't get up early on the first day of the week to go to a tomb and don't believe that the person is dead. They believe he was really dead. Now, they didn't yet understand what he was planning to do or had done at this point, what his intentions were, but they loved him enough to come and do this dangerous, disagreeable task. And because of their love and bravery, God allowed them to see the truth about Jesus first and firsthand. You see, Jesus, although the church and Jesus has been portrayed as an oppressor of women, in fact, Jesus was a great liberator of women. And he accepted women as people who could come to him for spiritual guidance and for spiritual help and to be a part of his work. Jesus was a great liberator of women. And because of their faith and their love and their dedication, they got to see something that no one else had gotten to see. They had a disagreeable task, and when they got there, they made a dismaying discovery. You see, when they arrived at the tomb, they were shocked. The tomb was open. The body wasn't there. There were some strangers standing around, and very naturally, these women were frightened and upset. Have you ever had someone come up and stand behind you you didn't know was there, or someone who walks very softly come up to you and, and startle you? I actually do that a lot. I have learned over my life for various reasons uh, to be quiet when I walk. I walk very quietly, especially in a carpeted office settings. And, and very often I'll walk up to somebody and start talking to them in, in our office here and, and it scares them <laughs> and startles them. And these women were dismayed and they were startled because there were some men there and they were afraid. 
So who were these men? Well, they had the characteristics of angels. See, they appeared out of nowhere, they shined and they glowed, and they came with a message from God. So probably these were angels. We don't know for sure. The Bible doesn't call them angels, and it really doesn't matter. But they had the aspect of angels, and their message was a critical one. What if they had come and said, hey, Jesus' body was stolen? Or what if they had come and said, this man was a fraud, he never died? Or what if he had said to them, you foolish women, he was simply a devil or a demon? So they had a dismaying discovery, and they were in the, in the throes of, um, of being very frightened and very uncertain about what was going to happen next. And that's when they heard a dynamic message. The message of the angels were none of those above. You know, I uh, had a professor once who made multiple choice tests very difficult. He had, uh, he had like several, he had answer A, answer B, answer C, answer D. Answer E was a combination of the above or all the above. And then, you know, the next one, I guess it was answer F, would be none of the above. You really had to know the answer to the question. You couldn't just guessed, uh, have guessed. And this was a, a multiple-choice test. Jesus was not there, and why? Well, the answer was none of the above. He wasn't dead. Although he had died, he was not dead. He was not there because he had risen. You see, he did just exactly what he said he was going to do, even though people didn't understand that. Now the women were starting to understand. And you see, this is the kernel of the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. He rose again, defeating death and hell. And today, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. So uh, if we discard the fact of the resurrection, it's like discarding the engine out of a car or discarding the CPU out of a computer. The essential part of the gospel is that Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross for our sins, and he rose again for us. Now, when they got that dynamic message, it's important to note what the women did. They ran to tell others. They didn't keep that joyous news to themselves. Unlike Peter, who on the Mount of Transfiguration wanted to build houses, uh, they told everyone what they needed to know. They had a dynamic message, but they ran into some disbelieving disciples. Now, we know what had happened to the disciples. They had been so excited about having Passover in Jerusalem, and they were shocked, totally shocked, by Judas's betrayal of Jesus. They were frightened by Jesus' arrest and trial. They were shattered by his death on the cross among thieves. They were totally defeated, and they were demoralized. Admiral Sandy Woodward talked about uh, who, who was the task force commander for the Falklands War in 1982, uh, was led by, uh, by Jer Major General Jeremy Moore, the commander of the Royal Marines at that time, uh, on the airfield at the end of the Falklands War uh, 
at on on the ground through a whole mass of captured Argentinian soldiers. So they were at the end of the war, had a huge number of Argentinian soldiers captured. They were all concentrated on this airstrip. And Jeremy Moore, Major General Marines, Royal Marines, led Sandy Woodward through these captured Argentinian soldiers without any guards, without any security, just walked through them. And the thing was, Jeremy Moore, being a soldier, knew that these Enemy soldiers had been captured. They were demoralized. They were no threat. The disciples were no threat either. Now, naturally, the disciples didn't believe what they heard. They knew the world was over. The, new, the world that they knew was over. And they needed more than what they considered to be wild stories and rumors. Besides, in those days, women weren't trusted with important news, and they just wouldn't believe it unless they saw themselves. <laughs> Reminds me of my dad. My dad was an automobile mechanic, and very often he would uh, not believe what was wrong with a vehicle until he drove it himself and heard it for himself. He wanted to see it for himself. He wanted to uh, be, he, he wasn't from Missouri, but he might as well have been because he said, show me. And the disciples wanted to see. Peter then got up and went. We know from another passage, John did also. But even when he went, Peter didn't understand. Even when he saw, he was as perplexed and misunderstanding as the woman were originally. You see, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Women, men, Gentiles, Jews, Samaritans, we're all the same. Black, white, whatever color we are, we're all the same before Christ. We all have to make a very important decision. What will we do with the fact of the resurrection? Will we believe it? Will we accept it? Jesus was the master of the dawning because when the dawn came, he had risen. He was alive. We often dread the dawning of the day because each day is either anticipated or dreaded. And often in our lives, the dawning is dreaded. We don't want to see what's coming next. But we need to remember that Jesus is the master of the dawning. And if we make him our master as well, then he will master our dawning also. We must make Jesus our master. He was the master of the dawning. He wants to be the master of you and me. The question is, will we let him? The women saw Jesus as the master of the dawning. So can we. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett.